the end of the third chapter, the tenth verse of Jonah. Okay, and and remember, this is where we left off last time. This this is where we stopped. We've been you know walking with Jonah here. You know how God came and put a call in his life, and and Jonah went in the opposite direction, and then God you know created the storm, and then the whale came along, and then the whale vomited him up on the shore, and and finally Jonah went to Nineveh, and he went three days and he preached in Nineveh. Well, here's where we end up right now, right? When God saw that the people had stopped doing evil things, he had pity and did not destroy them as he had planned. And wouldn't it be awesome if we could just stop right there? I mean, that's the happy ending right there. I mean, that's the happy ending. We just stop right there. We say, yes, praise God. He he, he relented in, in destroying him. Fantastic. All those Ninevites came to the Lord. This is awesome. This is great. This is good. We'll just stop right there. The problem is, there's a fourth chapter in the book. And we're stuck dealing with the fourth chapter. And the fourth chapter exposes not just Jonah... But it also exposes us. If, if you look at the fourth chapter and we start going through it, you'll see right away that there's something for us to, to take away. The, the first thing that we can take away, just, just from getting into the first verse of the fourth chapter, the first thing we can take away is we'll discover right away that this fourth chapter and the experience that Jonah is going through and the purpose that God has put on Jonah's life is there because of who God is and not because of what Jonah wants. It's there because of who God is and not because of what Jonah wants. Look at the first verse of uh, the fourth chapter of Jonah. It says, Jonah was really upset. And angry. He was really upset and angry. Now, notice we're, we're getting the message here that Jonah just wasn't a little discouraged. He wasn't just a little perturbed. It says he was what? Really? Right? I mean, really now, really. He was upset and he was angry. And it's like, well, wait wait a minute. This doesn't make sense at all. This doesn't add up. I mean, after all, Jonah right now ought to be jumping for joy, right? He ought to be going, yes, all right. Can you imagine the next time he goes to the prophet conference and, and all the prophets get together and they start talking about what, what they did and, you know, well, I did this and I did that and I did this. And, and Jonah just says, well, hey, you know, I, uh, I saved uh, 200,000 people in three days. Not bad. 200,000 people in three days. I mean, he ought to be jumping for joy and saying, look at what God has done. Whoa. And instead, he's angry and he's upset and he's really mad. Why is he really mad? In a time when he should be rejoicing, why is he so really upset and really angry? He tells us in the next verses when he begins to quarrel with God. He begins to question what God is doing, and he begins to quarrel with God. If you look at the text, it says in verse 2, So he prayed, Our Lord, 
I knew from the very beginning. I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. I knew from the very beginning that you wouldn't destroy Nineveh. I knew that you wouldn't do that. That's why I left my own country and I headed for Spain. I knew that was going to be the case. What's his problem? God didn't do what Jonah wanted. God did who God is. Isn't that right? God acted according to the character of who God is. And Jonah, Jonah wanted God to do what Jonah wanted God to do. This is the problem. The problem is that when God gets us on purpose and he starts using us for his purposes, we won't always get what we want. He won't always act in the way that we want him to act. He is going to act in a way that is consistent with who he is. You you get this. When you get going with God, when you get into his purpose for your life, and you get moving forward in your life according to where God is leading you, he's going to lead you into things, and he's going to lead you into experiences, and you're going to come to a time where you're going to start questioning. You're going to start questioning and wondering, well, 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 what is God doing? I didn't think it was going to be this way. I mean, well, what is God doing, and, and why is it happening this way? You know why? Because he's going to lead you into things that are hard, that cause for sacrifice, that are going to be inconvenient, that are going to challenge and challenge and challenge. See, that's what he does because he knows who he is and what you can become. And when we get in that purpose, things get tough. Challenges are going to lead us to the place where it will be tempting for us to say, God, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This isn't what I want. And that's exactly the place where Jonah is. Now, I've shared this before with folks here at Christ Church, but a lot of you are new, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that, so you haven't heard this before, so I'll just uh, share it with you again. The, the experience of how I came here to uh, Christ Church back in 1999. I, before coming to Christ Church in 99. I was uh, serving a congregation down in, in Burlington, Wisconsin. And uh, you know what? We were doing great. Church was growing. We had lots of little kids around. I mean, we were doing really good. Bills were paid. We were in black. I mean, it was, it was going and growing. We were doing fine. My Jill was teaching at the time. She had a great job. She loved what she was doing. My kids were all in school, and, and they all had friends that they enjoyed. You know how that is, right? I mean, things were, things were good. And then on Sunday afternoon, I got a telephone call around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy on the other end ended up saying, look, I'm calling uh, because I'm an angel. And that's actually what he said. He said, I'm an angel from Christ Church, and, and uh, God has just led us to, to talk to you about Christ Church. Well, long story short, of course, I, I did, came up, and I talked about Christ Church, and, and, and we prayed and tried to figure it out, and, 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 and I ended up coming here. Now, what i got to tell you is that, that when I was working through that decision to come here, I had colleagues come to me and say, Bob, what are you thinking? 
Are you crazy? Why would you leave where you are and go to Christ Church? You've got to be nuts. Well, I didn't listen to them. I, I, I went anyway, and, and I came up here. And, and you know what happened? Here's what happened. I came here and, and you know, did what you do to lead a congregation and help turn a congregation around. But i got to tell you, in the first two years that I was at Christ Church, there were times where I was saying, Lord, is this really what you want? I mean, there were times when I was here on Sunday morning and uh, we didn't have a room like this. We, we had a room with about 50 or 60 people in it. And, uh, and we didn't have, you know, 75 kids in our children's program. We had two, three on a good day. And there were times where I had to step back from that and say, God, look, this is not what I bought in for. This is not what I signed up for. I mean, is this, is this what you want? And you know what had to happen? Here's what had to happen. What had to happen for me in that experience and what had to happen for Jonah is to step back and stop focusing on what I want and start focusing on who God is. You get that? Stop focusing on what I want and start focusing instead on who God is. Jonah knows who God is, right? If you go back to the text, he says, You are kind and merciful God, and you are very patient, and you always show love, and you don't like to punish anyone, not even foreigners. Does he know who God is? Yes, absolutely. He knows who God is. The trouble is he's got to trust who God is. Trust who God is. He's not getting what he wants. That's not the point. The point is not getting what you want. The point is just trusting God in the situation that says, Look, I know who God is. This may not be what I want, but I know who God is. And the God I know is greater, stronger, mightier. The God I know is able to save me from the belly of a fish. The God I know is able to save me from drowning in the oceans when I was thrown overboard. The God I know is great enough to do whatever God wants to do in my life. And all I have to do is, I just have to focus on trusting God. If you go into Exodus 34... In the sixth verse, you get a text there that reminds us not only who God is, but what we need to do. It says, Then God passed in front of Moses and called out, I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and say it together, will you? I can be trusted. Did you get that? Isn't that what we need? Isn't that what we need in those times? When God's working in our life and He's challenging us with new experiences according to His purpose, and we begin to quarrel with Him about, wait a minute, you know, it's to get us to the place where we just trust Him. And we focus on who God is and not what we want. And we get that reassurance that God is able to do that every single day. Every single day in our life. Lamentations 3 says, the Lord can always be trusted to show mercy. How often? He is ready tomorrow morning. He's ready tomorrow morning to show that He can be trusted. And all you have to do is trust Him. See, what I had to do at Christ Church was just step back from all the, the wants that I had and instead just say, Look, Lord, okay, I'm in it for the long haul. 
and I am just going to trust you and look where we are today. Now let, let me plant a seed with you. Just imagine if today we make a covenant together to do the same thing. Where will we be a year from now? Isn't that awesome? Think about that. But see, that's what the call is. The call is just for us to know who God is and trust who God is more than, than our wants. Now, that's going to challenge us because the temptation for us is to be like Jonah. You see, what happens to us is we can quarreling with God. And after we're, we're quarreling with God in a little while, then we move into another stage where we start bargaining with God. It's not going the way we want. And so we try to leverage God a little bit. And we forget it's not about us bargaining with God. It is all about what God's purpose is. Okay? Look, look what happens to Jonah. Jonah, in his frustration, he pulls out and starts dropping the big hammer on God. Or at least he thinks he is, right? If you go into the text and you go through the whole story here of the fourth chapter, you'll see that three times Jonah kind of makes a threat towards God, right? I, I got them there for you. It's in verse 3 and it's in verse 8 and it's in verse 9. And each time, what is he threatening? Well, if it's not going to go my way, I just as soon die. Right? You're not going to do what I want to do? I just as soon die. You're not going to play the game I want to play. You're not going to get the outcome that I want to have. I'm going to take my toys and I'm going to go home and I just as soon forget it. I just as soon die. You see what he's doing? He's trying to leverage God and, and get God to step back and, and say, Oh, Jonah, Jonah, oh don't, do, oh, don't say that. Don't do that, Jonah. After all, I went to all that work to get a whale to save you. And See, he's trying to bargain, leverage God, right? And God cannot be leveraged. God can't be bargained. God is God. And, and then look what Jonah does. It says in verse 4, The Lord replied, well, What right do you have to be angry? And Jonah comes back and says, Well, Jonah then left through the east gate of the city and made a shelter to protect himself from the sun. He sat under the shelter waiting to see what would happen to Nineveh. What does he do? Every parent knows what Jonah is doing right now, right? What's he doing? He's sitting on a hill, pouting, isn't he? Well, you're not going to do it my way? Then I'm just going to sit over here. I'm just going to withdraw from the whole experience. I'm just going to, you're not going to do it my way. I'm just going to sit on the hill and I'm going to pout. I want it my way. Right? Isn't that what he's doing? See, he's again, he's trying to bargage God. He's trying to kind of leverage God and say, God, look, it's got to go my way. Jonah has forgotten who God is. And he's forgotten the greatest thing in life is living for God's purpose. You know what's really interesting about this experience with Jonah? Do you realize that when Jonah leaves through the east gate and he goes out and he sits on a hill and he starts pouting, what is he missing in Nineveh? He's missing the party! <laughs> right? He's missing the party. The people in Nineveh just heard verse 10 at the end of chapter 3 where God said, Okay, 
I receive your repentance. I forgive you. I am right with you. And the people in Nineveh are ripping off the sackcloth and they're going, yo, we're free. We're forgiven. They're experiencing the joy of God's forgiveness. And Jonah is missing the party. And instead he withdraws from what God is doing and he goes to a hillside and he begins to pout. He begins to be that child who begins to pout and he forgets. God saved him from drowning in the water. God saved him from the belly of the whale because God looked at Jonah and said, Jonah, you can do awesome things and have an incredible life. Jonah forgot to trust God more and it's not about his wants. It's all about God's purposes for his life. And then God does an amazing graceful thing. An amazing, graceful thing. He teaches Jonah a tough lesson. Anybody like tough lessons? No, of course not. Right? They're tough. Tough lessons are tough. They're tough. And Jonah has to go through a tough experience and a tough lesson. So God takes Jonah's decisions and the circumstances that Jonah has placed himself in And in the midst of it, teaches Jonah a tough lesson. Did you see that? God took the situation Jonah created, and now in the midst of that situation, he teaches Jonah a tough lesson. It goes like this. And the Lord made a vine grow up to shade Jonah's head and protect him from the sun. Jonah was was very happy to have the vine. But early the next morning, the Lord sent a worm to chew on the vine, and the vine dried up. And during the day, the Lord sent a scorching wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head, making him feel faint. And Jonah was ready to die. And he shouted, I wish I were dead. See how God's working? And he's teaching him a tough lesson. And then it comes to the key question where God questions Jonah now and says, But the Lord asked Jonah... Do you have the right to be angry about the vine? And Jonah misses the lesson. And he says, yes, I do. And I'm angry enough to die. Yes, I do. And I'm angry enough to die. Doesn't it feel like God should be just kind of listening to Jonah right now and just... Kind of like that game show, that that, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire thing, where they kind of say, final answer? (laughs) Right? Really, John? Final answer. Final answer. Actually, what happens to me is when I I hear this verse, when when Jonah says, yes, yes, I do. I I always think of a movie. It's it's a Thanksgiving movie, which is appropriate today, right? It's planes, trains, and automobiles. Any, Any planes, trains, and automobile fans? Yeah, there's an awesome scene. It's with John Candy. I said John Kerry this morning. It was wrong. John Candy and Steve Martin. Do you remember the scene where they're at the automobile stage and the, the car that they've rented has been all burnt up? It's been all burnt up and, and uh, they're driving this car down the highway. 
and you know the wheels are all you know burnt and scorched and there's no top on the car it's burnt away I mean the whole thing is just fried and there they are sitting there driving and a, a highway patrol officer pulls them over and the highway patrol officer comes up to the side of the car and of course he you know he looks it all over and then he asks John Kerry who or John Candy I want to do it again John Candy he asked John Candy the question do you feel that this car is really safe for highway travel? Right? And you know what John Candy says? Yes, yes, officer, I do. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that what we do? God's tugging on us and he's trying to teach us a hard lesson and we just kind of resist the hard lesson and, and we say, well, yes, God, yes, I'm, I'm sure I'm right and you're wrong. Yes, God, we do. You know, and then the officer has a, has a dialogue with John Candy and and he asked him, well, uh, you know, does the speedometer work? He said, no, no, the speedometer doesn't work. Well, the, the lights work? No, no, no brake lights, no turn signals. Uh, no, no, they, they, they don't work. And they go through a list of all these important mechanical things for safety of a car being on the highway. And, and John Candy ends up saying, but officer, amazingly, the radio works perfectly. Right? The radio works perfectly. Isn't that what we do? Now, now think about this. Isn't it so easy for us when the challenges come that God brings into the purpose he's got for us to begin to question God and start focusing on the small, unimportant things? See, whether that radio works or doesn't work is irrelevant to whether that car is safe on the highway and can do its purpose. Isn't that right? But what do we do? We want to focus on the small, irrelevant things and try to convince God on the small, irrelevant things when he has such great, huge purposes in our lives. Such great, huge... He is not done with Jonah yet. He, got, he has more for Jonah to accomplish. When we're in those situations, what we need to take away from Jonah is to make sure that we ask ourselves in the Spirit of God, the right questions. See, Jonah was, God asked Jonah a question. We need to make sure we ask ourselves the right questions. We need to ask ourselves, Lord, what is it you want? Not what I want, what is it that you want? Lord, what, what will bring you glory in my life? Lord, how can I please you more? Lord, because I know who you are, because I know in Jesus Christ who you are, what should I focus on? What should I focus on in my life right now? God spoke to Jonah. You're concerned about a vine that you did not plant or take care of. A vine grew up in one night and died the next. In that city of Nineveh, there are more than... 120,000 people who cannot tell right from wrong and many cattle are there also. What did God want Jonah to do? Stop listening to the radio and start focusing on what's important. So often when we begin to question God and what he's doing in our life, it's because we let our focus drift to the unimportant things. God is calling Jonah back to the main thing. He's saying, look, Jonah... Here's what's important. There's people in Nineveh who before you came were out of relationship with me. And then the book of Jonah 
the fourth chapter, the whole book, doesn't end with a nice bow around it, all neatly wrapped up with a happy fairy tale ending. It ends with simply a question. That's it. And the question is, don't you think I should be concerned about that big city? Jonah? Listen, you know who God is. You know because you have seen him even better than Jonah. You have seen him in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. You, you know who God is. You have seen him in the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. You've seen him as he hung on a cross to die for each one of us in this room. You've seen him as he emerged from a, from a tomb to, to rise to life and, and bring us the opportunity to rise above. You've seen him. You know who he is because he's forgiven you in spite of all your failures and declared a purpose for your life that is higher and greater than you can ever imagine. You know who he is and you know he has a purpose. Don't listen to the radio. Focus on the big thing. You see, I'll end this series with the same question. The way God ended the book of Jonah. Don't you think, don't you think that the people who are beyond the walls of this building, don't you think that's what we ought to focus on? Don't you think every heart who doesn't know the saving grace of Jesus Christ is what we ought to be focusing on? I'll plant a seed with you, okay? Covenant members, if you're, you're tenders with us or covenant members, in May, circle May on your calendar, okay? Because in May, you're going to have an opportunity in May to go through a teaching experience that is going to teach you a very simple way of sharing your faith with other people. That is the main thing. Don't you think? That's the main thing. Because there are young people who are in our high schools and in our junior highs and in our grade schools and there are parents and there are single adults. There are people out there who are living without Jesus Christ and they're stuck where Jonah was in the anger and the frustration and it's really, really not good place to be. And we've got the answer. Don't you think? The most important thing we can do in our lives is to reach the people of that city. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks so much for walking with us today and, and every day before this with Jonah. Oh, you are so gentle and kind. You teach us the tough lessons and you bring us to that place where we can focus on the most important. Thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. That he was willing to give up absolutely everything to, to, to be obedient. That he was willing to rise above. And now to, to put a call on each life in this room. To put a call on each life in this room to do great things for the glory of, of God and for the extension of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Father, keep us focused on the most important thing. Keep us focused. 
keep us focused in our marriages and in our relationships and in the way we are as workers and business owners and, and, and keep us focused in our high schools and our junior highs and our grade schools and, and keep us focused. Keep us focused because there's so many people who still live in Nineveh. We ask you, give this church the opportunity that we can keep doing what you want and not what we want. What will bring you glory and honor and praise. We ask it humbly through Jesus Christ our Lord.